In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This evening we're celebrating in the, the, the church two really big saints in the church. St. Barbara, whose icon is uh, here in the square there under the window, and St. John of Damascus, whose icon is in the, the far corner over here on this side of, of the nave. And it's great that we have both of these beautiful saints, and uh, Caleb and I were talking earlier this week about how it's kind of too bad that we're celebrating them both on the same day so that we can't have two liturgies, two separate liturgies commemorating uh, them separately so that they would have all of the due pomp and circumstance that is is due to them. Uh, They were 400 years apart, uh, St. Barbara in the the late 3rd, early 4th century, and uh, St. John of Damascus. Uh, in the late 7th, early 8th centuries of the church, 400 years apart, but they lived about 40 miles apart (laughs) because they were both from uh, the same area in uh, the Middle East there in Syria. And so um, perhaps it's because of that that they are always connected together. Uh, But this evening, I wanted to to focus more on St. John of Damascus uh, because, um, well, he's the the patron of the chapel at St. Paul Skeet, uh, and uh, he was one that I've been thinking a lot about recently just simply because uh, St. John uh, really does help us to remember and show how everything that we do in the Orthodox Church, all of it is leading to the same one witness. Our, the, the understanding of who Jesus Christ is and the entirety of the church works together that way. So St. John of Damascus was uh, born in about 680 in Damascus. And by that time in Damascus, it was, uh, it was not part of the Byzantine Empire. Uh, his parents, however, were very, very faithful Christians, and his father was the treasurer of the caliph at that time. And so uh, his father was one of the higher ups in, in society, even though they weren't uh, numbered among the, the majority at that time. He was still one of the higher uh, people. And he was, uh, therefore, St. John had access to all of the great. Um, education that he could possibly have. And so one of the great things about St. John of Damascus is just his brilliance and the fact that uh, he is able to show and share the the depth and beauty of the Orthodox faith. And you can sit down and study the writings of St. John of Damascus for a long time and find so many beautiful gems about the Orthodox Church. He wrote a a book called The Fount of Knowledge. (laughs) A great a philosophical work, actually, uh, and perhaps his most well-known is uh, the exact exposition of the Orthodox faith. And it's exactly that. It's meant to be a great systematic theology of the teachings of the church. Uh, and when we're talking about the, uh, the late 7th, early 8th century, this is a very early document that is, explains the, the depth of the Orthodox faith from so long ago. And so the first thing about St. John is that he really does show the great depths of our theology. The Orthodox Church is not something that is very surface level. All of us, no matter how long we are in the church, we can spend our entire lifetimes and perhaps beyond studying everything that the church has to offer about knowing God just from the, men, the myriads of books and, and things that have been, been uh, published for so many years. And St. John is a great witness to the great depths of Orthodox theology that we can study and use our brains to be able to know God. But that's not all with St. John. 
that were, were all, I don't think that would even necessarily be enough because it's not just about our brains. But at that time that St. John was living, remember there at the end of the 7th and the, into the early 8th century, this is a time when iconoclasm was running rampant in the church. And in fact, the Byzantine Empire was being led by an emperor who was against the icons being in the church. And so since St. John was outside of the empire, he was able to actually write perhaps more strongly and uh, uh, and, and point more fingers than, than somebody who was under the, the Byzantine Empire at that time. And so one of the other things that St. John does is he writes a, three treatises on the divine images. And he lays out the understanding of the Orthodox Church in iconography. And so he, he shows that it's not just about our brains, but he says that you can even go into the Orthodox Churches and you can see the truth. You can see the proof of the Incarnation because that's really what he focuses on. One of the things that he says is that he doesn't worship matter because he talks about how we don't worship the icons. We honor and venerate them. He says we don't worship matter, but he says we worship the God of matter who became matter for us and for our salvation. And so that's why the iconography is so important because it affirms and proves the reality of the Incarnation. And so St. John is able to point out to us not only that we can sit and study the books of the Orthodox Church about the depths of our theology, but he says you can walk into the church and you can see it. And we know that so beautifully here. Uh, you can look at any of these images and you can write whole treatises on even just a sing uh, singular image that we have. And so St. John shows us it's not just about our brains, but it's about our eyes being able to see and experience all of that. Well, St. John did get into a little bit of trouble in writing those, uh, those treatises. And in fact, uh, rumors went around and so the caliph was very upset with him. And he ended up having his hand cut off and losing his job there in the, uh, the, where he was in Damascus. Miraculously, after great prayer, his hand was actually restored. And there is a, a beautiful icon of, uh, uh, of Mary with the three hands because it was by the intercessions of the Mother of God that John's hand was restored. And so he affixed uh, a hand there on an icon to be able to show and to remember uh, the, the great healing miracle that occurred and that has been reproduced. And if you look up Mary with, of the three hands, uh, there should be a third hand at the bottom of the icon representing the hand of John of Damascus. Well, the caliph saw that miracle and tried to give him back his job, but he didn't want it. And so instead, he went and joined the monastery of St. Sava in uh, Jerusalem. And so he goes there to the monastery, and actually that monastery is a very ancient monastery, and it's still an active monastery to this day. And he goes to that monastery, and there he devotes a lot of his time and effort to actually writing hymnography. And so some of the things that St. John of Damascus wrote, we actually sing each and every week because he wrote much of what is called the octoikos, the eight tones. And so as you know, we go through every week this cycle of eight tones. And so every time we are singing on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, uh, anything from what is called the octoikos, most of that was written by St. John of Damascus. Or perhaps his most famous 
uh, writings were of hymnography are those that we sing in our funeral service each and every time that someone reposes in the Lord. Since that time to now, one of the monks died there at the monastery and they begged John to write something for the funeral. And so very reluctantly, and I'll get to that, very reluctantly he did, and that's the hymns that we still sing during the funeral. So not only is it about his brain, about his eyes, being able to see the truth of our faith, but he says, St. John shows us that we are able to hear the truth of our faith in the beauty of the hymnography that we have uh, in the, the church. That if you listen to the hymns and you participate in the services, you will get the best catechism that you can ever imagine or that you would ever need. And so it's those beautiful, the beautiful hymnography that continues to present to us the truth of Christ. We study it, we see it, we hear it, and most importantly for John and for all of us, all of that leads to a true experience of God, because that's what John really wanted. John was ultimately, even though he was brilliant, even though he was sought after to do so many things, he was a humble monk at heart. Those hymns that I told you about that he wrote for the funeral service, he got in trouble for those too. When he went to the, uh, uh, to the monastery, he was put under obedience to an elder. And uh, the elder told him, because he knew it would be a hard thing for him not to do, not to write. And so he, he very faithfully and obediently did that. But when one of the other monks came and, and begged him to write this uh, hymns for the funeral, he felt so bad he did it. And as a penance for that... St. John was actually told that he had to clean the latrines in the monastery with his hands. Eighth century, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We're not talking about plumbing at all. And it says in in his life that he joyfully went about his task until, thanks be to God, his elder uh, was convinced that that was too harsh of a punishment for him, and he was uh, able to stop doing that. But St. John was, was just a humble monk at heart, who what he really wanted to do was to know God and to pray. And he knew that as a faithful Orthodox Christian, his prayer would be amplified by the things that he knew in his mind, the things that he saw in the walls of the church, and the things that he heard during the worship of the church as well. And the same is true for all of us. We are called to know and experience God. And because of great saints of the church like St. John of Damascus, we have the depth of the beautiful theology of orthodoxy at our fingertips. Not just that we can study, but that we can see and that we can hear so that we can truly know the living God because that is what it's all about, to know the living God. So may John's prayers be with us always. And may we remember the great depths of of the depth of Orthodox theology. May we see it and study it in the icons and may we hear it and focus on it in the great hymnography of the church. But may we most importantly use that to guide our prayer so that we can truly know and experience the living God. May St. John and St. Barbara, whose memory we celebrate, pray for us to know that God that they knew so well. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.